This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. All three of the, the gang are here in studio. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That's Caleb Henry. Hello, hello. Kenny Larrabee is pushing all the magic buttons, getting the Facebook Live going. Got the camera set up up in here if you... Uh, have not enjoyed that, head over to the Facebook page, at KLIN Huskers. we got a lot to get to today. It's going to be a fun show. We have Nate Klaus joining us a little bit later to talk recruiting. Recruiting news was, uh, I guess it broke more last week than this week, but you're going to have the dead period officially coming to an end pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's scheduling visits like crazy right now, so uh, Nate will be able to catch everybody up with what to expect in June, because June is going to be crazy if you are uh and, and interested even the least little bit in husker recruiting um volleyball fell in the f- in just a step short of the final four we'll we'll talk about that and put a bow on uh the 2021 spring season and maybe look look ahead a little bit to the 2020 fall 2021 fall season mm-hmm. uh for john cook uh and the ladies but let's start with what we got to see last saturday after last saturday's show caleb we got to go to a practice. Yeah, and I want to. So I went to every home game this past fall with the with the limited amount of media that were able to be there and allowed to be there because it was only twenty five percent. So we made the decision here that it would just be me going as opposed to me and you going, mm-hmm. um, where there was a pair in the past. And then obviously there wasn't a spring game a year ago. We all watched uh, that play out on NCAA fourteen um, with the <laughs> super fake Wandell Robinson one <laughs> playing or whatever that was supposed to be. Um, and then I went to the open practice earlier this spring. So I have seen Husker football in person a number of times over the last year. Humble brag. You have not. No. What were your impressions of just seeing a team on the field? And not just that, because this part was new to me as well. Fans in the stands and go big red chance and... Like at the very end of practice as well, the team meets, everyone's on a knee, Mm. and I'm sure that it was, like obviously they play a bunch of music when they're in the Hawks and things get really loud, and we were right by the speakers at Memorial Stadium, so things were very loud for us, but to have a crowd chanting, go big red, go big red, as you're all getting done with a practice, those players had to feel good. I know us as people who have missed it felt really good hearing that as well. What were your impressions of just seeing something in person? I haven't seen I hadn't seen a sporting event of any kind other than like my kids' activities, like my son's doing flag football now and he's got a couple games under under his belt now. Uh our daughter's in dance and, and she was still getting some dance stuff in. Uh like that's it. I haven't seen anything in terms of college or pro in person for over a year. And so it was definitely a sight for sore eyes. In the figurative and literal senses, thanks allergies. Uh, it was it was awesome just to be able to know that we're getting closer to that. 
I guess is one way to say it. Just mm-hmm. we're we're almost back to the point where you know you're going to have the spring game next Saturday. You're going to have you know hopefully you know forty some thousand fans. I think there's still maybe tickets available. Actually, for there that. are. Yeah. So so that that was cool just to know that we're closer to getting back to that. Um, there's there's more fans in the stands for Major League Baseball games, outdoor events. I think people are pretty excited to get back to, um, even if it's still somewhat limited. Uh, College World Series made kind of a uh, maybe an announcement or, or what they're looking at at least for it, and maybe we'll uh, dig into that a little Some bit. Some NCAA postseason news we'll get to later yep. in the show. Talking yep. capacity limits, right? So, so all of that is is kind of leading into a good place where you know we're going to be able to see more fans be able to take these games in. We're going to be able to have uh, more of a chance to see these ev- events as well, uh, just as members of the media too. And then to the on the field stuff, to to know that I mean a lot of these players in Nebraska. Uh, on this program, if you're a native Nebraskan, you grew up with the program. But if you are from out of state, what's one of the appeals that almost every player who gets recruited and commits to Nebraska and comes to Nebraska mentions? It's the fan base. Mm-hmm. I, I came to Nebraska to play in front of 90,000 fans. I came to Nebraska to play Big Ten games in front of packed houses, fans screaming on third downs, music blasting, like, you come for that atmosphere and the experience if you are an out-of-state kid. And we're getting closer to that now. Last year, none of those guys got to experience it. So Connor Culp, the kicker, actually talked about that. And obviously, first team, all Big Ten this last year, uh, transfer from LSU. He didn't get to experience fans in the stands in Memorial Stadium outside of, what did it get up to, maybe one, two hundred People once you got all like some family and then some select yeah. uh, tickets were 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 handed out, which were mostly just kind of to uh, friends or to department staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it clearly very different when you had the thirty two hundred around thirty two hundred there this past week. He talked about that on Wednesday and said he got a little bit emotional because that's why he came here was one of the reasons was because of that fan base and he he said he forgot what it felt like to have fans cheering. Now, he didn't practice this last Wednesday, and, and he, he let us know that it was just a um, was just having a little hiccup, so they decided not to go with him that day, but he's been practicing and everything's been fine, so expect to see him in a week. Um, but, man, when, when, when guys tell you that, especially guys that transfer here from programs that have been pretty decent, you know, LSU just won a national championship not that long ago. Right. He was there. So, when you start to factor all of that into it, he knows what it's like to play in front of a rabid fan base. He wants that here, and he got a taste of it, and the players got a taste of it with about 3,200 a week ago. They are gonna, they are fired up to hear what somewhere, I'm guessing it's going to stay between thirty and 40,000, is what's going to be at Memorial Stadium next weekend. Fans are excited to get back. I do think there's a little bit of apprehension. You also have the baseball game that day at home, the first time in three weeks, the Husker baseball team will be at home. By the way, number one in the Big Ten standings. We'll get into baseball later. So I think that pulls a little bit away from from that that spring game, but still, people are going to be there. And if you want to, like, tickets are still available. Mm-hmm. You can go to Huskers.com. You can buy up to ten at, at a time, ten dollars each, or you can listen to LNK today with Jack and friends this next week. I'll let you guys know on Thursday when we get to ticket Thursday. We have four four-packs we're going to be giving away. 
So you're gonna want you're gonna want to be listening to uh, the the morning show throughout the course of this next week. Nice. But the players clearly recognized fans being there in the stands when it's something that you just kind of got used to the dull the dull crowd noise and you could hear everything on the field at all times. When you just have a little bit of cheering, there's just a little bit of an audience there. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference. Next week, I think, is going to be for a lot of those freshmen that didn't get a play in front of anyone last year, those transfers that didn't get a play in front of anyone last year. Think uh, think Omar Manning, Nadab Joseph. Um, you've got uh, Kalarovic coming in. You've got guys who either came in last year and didn't get a play in front of anyone or got here, and now they've gone through the spring and it's been different, and they played somewhere else a year ago where there weren't fans. Next week is going to be that first little taste of, to get them through the summer when I expect a full Memorial Stadium in the fall. Ooh, feels good, right? Just got chills. You guys feels feel that? Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, look, we are we are getting there. We are getting closer. Um, that with you know the vaccination rates are up. You're going to have herd immunity by the end of the summer. I think we're we're definitely trending to that. Uh, just in terms, we're of- what in Lancaster County? Did I see we were over sixty percent of adults? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's incredible. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, it, it, all that is 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 very good. On, the on field stuff now, with with what we were able to observe in Memorial Stadium last mm-hmm. week, what stuck out to I think a lot of people, and I think will be the obvious one uh, that you and I can both touch on is Omar Manning, because <laughs> we didn't get to see what he could do in in games last year. He played very 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 little. You could just title this segment number fives. Yeah. Yeah, number fives on both sides of the ball. Yeah, one of one of whom, you know what you're getting, and it's been pretty good on the field, and that's Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, and then the other one is kind of an unknown quantity, but uh, the curtain was pulled back a little bit last Saturday because mm-hmm. if he can figure it out, if he can get on the practice field, if he can learn the schemes, if he can be willing to block, which is always one of those things for that receiver group, uh, and if he can get himself prepared for games. Um, that is the type of guy that you have not had on the field at the wide receiver position for a while. you got to go back to a guy like Quincy Anunua in terms of size, just the imposing presence on the outside at the receiver position. Uh, even back further than that, Maurice Purify, you might have to go back that far for, for another guy who, who looks similar. Junior college transfer, mm-hmm. he was as well. So Omar Manning, I think, is where that conversation starts. Uh a lot of a lot of the reactions that if if you pay attention to us and this sort of thing, you've probably heard already a lot this week that the rest of the receivers did pretty well too. Even though you didn't have a full complement, Alante Brown was not be uh, he was not able to participate, mm-hmm. and you'd think that he'll be uh, a pretty big part of the receiver group this year. I think Oliver Martin opened some eyes. Oliver Martin was a name I wrote down um, just mentally, and and Xavier Betts had a real nice catch, mm-hmm. and I'm always going to represent with that Bellevue West kid. Um, and and you're gonna have Levi Falk and Wyatt Lever. It looks like um, play you know a, a fair amount at least early on. Uh, if there's Le- some- Lever looks like the best one catching the ball on those uh, those horizontal passes, those swing passes. Right. As much as with like, the footwork and where yeah, he puts his hands. Yep. And- the footwork, the way he reads where the defense is, whether he needs to turn it back up inside or continue to follow outside. He reads blocks so very well, even though most of the time it wasn't. Uh, full contact on where guys were going. Mm-hmm. He read everything so well. And then, of course, there's Samori Toure, yes. who's expected to be that slot guy 
going forward for this year. And he can do a lot of things with the ball. He looks really good, really good hands. Um, so now when you start to add all of that up, that's a lot of pass catchers, and we haven't even gotten to the tight ends. No, we haven't. <laughs> and my man Th- and Thomas Fedoni, we, we got to see him. Uh, you mentioned Samari Toure, you know, our first, you, you saw him in the open practice, but mm-hmm. uh, my first chance to see him, and, and same, same with Thomas Fedoni. Fedoni is, he, he makes it look easy, I guess is the way to say it. Um, very, very long arms, so that catch radius is there. Uh, he's, he's got the athleticism to get in and out of those breaks. Uh, he's, he's going to be a pretty good route runner. I think you can see that already. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, it's just a matter of, you know, get on the field. Same kind of same thing with, with Omar Manning, get on the field, know the scheme. Uh, I, he's going to be probably a more willing blocker than Omar Manning will be. Cause that's a tight end mm-hmm. expectation already, but I, I just, I just, Really look forward to be seeing the uh, what what he's going to be able to do. Another freshman tight end, Norris Nation stand up, James yeah. Carney. There was yeah. a few passes that were just out of his radius, but if it was close enough for him to really get his mitts on, Carney looked good. Mm-hmm. And and those are so that's two different places where Fedoni and Carney are. Fedoni's in a especially the way he was recruited. It's a come in and contribute now. And we heard Sean Becton say this week he's going to help this team this fall. Yeah. So right there you say, okay, he's getting snaps. Yes. Even even with the two upperclassmen, he's getting snaps. Carney's in a little bit more of a developmental spot coming in, um, in-state guy, just up the road. But don't expect him to not play at all this fall. Yeah. I, I would expect with only they're only being technically at, at three guys really ahead of him between uh and then you've got Carney and the Rollins kid uh from Omaha. Yep, Rollins. Um Carney could see the field, and not just see the field, but do a little bit of blocking, and then you don't know where things go if teams are just going, all right, that's the that's the true freshman, and it's not Fedoni. Maybe we don't put someone on him. Carney might run free a couple times. Yeah. And you, you as, as a true freshman, go get yourself two, three, four catches this season. It doesn't have to be you go for 100 yards and then it's, you blow open everyone's eyes. Just go get a couple catches developed this year, and I think Carney looked good last Saturday. And and just to put a bow on the tight ends, and then we'll we'll hit our first break and talk to Nate Klaus. The 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 Thomas Fedoni and James Carney being you know looking as as good as they did. Um, don't don't forget about Austin Allen number one. Oh, because Austin Allen is is going to be one of the better players on this offense. You want to talk catch radius? Well, yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, look. Ivan Wade was really young, and Austin Allen is six foot eight. These are <laughs> these are the basic facts that are that are mentioned in every broadcast. Um, Austin Allen is he developed a lot, in, just in terms of being able to run downfield, um, locating the ball, using his size uh, to the best of his abilities. That catch on the sideline that he made is still pretty one of the more impressive plays of last mm-hmm. season offensively, and so his development has been huge for this offense and will be a big piece in 2021 as well. But Travis Vokalek is going to be a factor as well. Yep. Him and that mullet. Um, I'm only partway joking when I'm talking about three and four tight end sets. You want to see five tight ends out there. I do, but I think we'll dip our toe <laughs> with a three and four tight end set and then just give me a five tight on first and ten at midfield. I'm good with that. Just run a couple of, uh, of fullback ties. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, just but, give which, it to Austin Allen right up the gut. You want you want Austin Allen to be the fullback? I that? want Austin Allen to be the fullback. 
I think I think Vokalek would be a pretty good fullback. I think you know what? Which tight end? I, Fedoni just needs to put on some weight. I think the freshmen need to put on some weight. So put give it yes. to one of the upperclassmen. Yeah. But then you line up on what would probably be like a second and six, a second and five. Spread them out. <laughs> five wide with tight ends. They'll five, never see it coming. Five tight wide. Is that <laughs> that where we're going with that call? Yes, that is where we're going with that, for sure. All right, where we're going next is Nate Klaus. He's with Husker Online, uh, covers recruiting for them. Uh, we will we will run down a lot of news in the recruiting world. June 1st and the month of June in general is going to be pretty busy, uh, and uh, we will get his thoughts on all of the other happenings around Nebraska football. Uh, more of our observations, especially on the defense uh, to come, uh, and we will get into that first place baseball team as well. They won yet again yesterday, still in first place. Lots to cover. Stick with us here in the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour. Pretty busy morning here. We've got a lot to run down and a pretty busy man now and and definitely into uh, the next few months uh, is going to be Nate Klaus from Husker Online. He's going to have a lot of recruiting news to run down over the next few months as uh, things finally start to open back up. Um, And I'm sure he's very excited about that and very excited about being here on this show this morning. Nate, how are you? I'm doing well. You you couldn't have said it any better. I'm very excited. (laughs) that uh, the dead period is, is finally going to be going away here shortly and uh, going to have some um, a lot more information to track down and, and recruiting news to start tracking down. I, I would imagine that, that you are pretty excited. And, and with June 1st being that official end of the dead period, uh, on, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how busy is that month June going to be for this Nebraska coaching staff? Uh, it's going to be ridiculously busy for, for this <laughs> Nebraska coaching staff. I mean, uh, not only are they, you know, already preparing for official visits every weekend in June, uh, I think we've already confirmed like 16 or 17 official visits uh, wow. spread out between, you know, the the first weekend of June, that June 4th through 6th weekend, all the way through the end of June. But you're also going to have a ton of unofficial visits happening at, at, throughout the, that month. Plus, uh, about a week ago, Nebraska just released their summer camp schedule, uh, which includes two Friday Night Lights camps, uh, a, a handful of individual uh, position camps, and, uh, and at least one youth camp. And so, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of June, you're probably talking about maybe six or 700 potential prospects that are going to be coming through LinkedIn, coming through campus, uh, that this coaching staff is going to be able to, to have face-to-face interaction with. And, and when you haven't had that face-to-face interaction with somebody or with a recruit in over, you know, in about 15 months or so, that's, that's quite the, the drastic turnaround right there. I'm already overwhelmed by those numbers. Uh, <laughs> Nate, we, so we know the coaching staffs had to adjust over the, those last um, 12 to 15 months, like you talked about. They had to do a lot more Zoom or phone calls and, and everything just being distance recruiting. Didn't even get to see Heinrich Harburg throw a football until he got here this spring. For guys like you who, who cover recruiting, and, and you cover recruiting as well as anyone across the country, what how has this been different and difficult for you without having the 
well, here's when guys are coming on official visits. Here's when camps are. Here are the different ways you're able to to cover in a normal year. What have the the last year plus looked like for you? Yeah, it's been uh, unique to say the least. And and everyone, I mean, that's not to say that that you know anyone else hasn't had their their challenges uh, doing their job because it, things have changed for everybody. But uh, you know, personally, uh, it's been one of the slower years of my life uh, covering recruiting. I've been involved with recruiting uh, in one way or another, whether it was working for Nebraska or, or covering it for rivals. Uh, you know, going all the way back to 2002, and in um, this year, I mean, it was the slowest year of my life. Uh, which uh, a lot of times, you know, I think people would be like, "Oh, wow, that'd be great to have," you know, <laughs> to have a year of work that was relatively slow. But um, I mean, it just made it extremely difficult to to do your job because there was there was just not a ton of tangible news. Um, you know, generally, you've got. Re- you know, recruits that are visiting and, and uh, new evaluations are taking place. And so there's, you know, a lot of new offers to track down or there's camps that are taking place and, um, you know, um, you know, all sorts of different things, all sorts of different events and whatnot. And so, um, and then when you just basically flip the switch and shut all that off, it, it, made, it made it pretty difficult to, to kind of uh, take a step back and go, okay, now what? You know, typically I'd be, I'd be covering the satellite camps, you know, you know, last June, um, you know, there's typically there's, there's always about 10 to 14 days where I'm out on the road going from, you know, one city to the next and covering one camp after another. And, um, you know, that didn't, that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, and then you've got your, your, your summer camps here in Lincoln, uh, that didn't happen. And, you know, there were no visits, and there's only so many times you can call a recruit up and, and you know, talk with them about the recruiting process and how it's going for them and, and for them to tell you, yeah, I had a great Zoom call with the Nebraska coaching staff. Um, you know, you go, you ask them what they talked about, and, and they're like, well, pretty much similar conversation to the one I had with them last week. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's just, it, and that's, I mean, that's just kind of the way it was, and so, um, you know, it, it was it, it was a challenge, a daily challenge to, to try and find you know new information to, to come, uh, kind of to to report and to, to talk about because uh, there just was not a lot of uh, a lot of things you know that were that were and there was always things happening, but not a lot of new things where you had new information to to report. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Nate Klaus, Husker Online, joining us here, talking recruiting on the KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, so let's let's do a quick little 2022 class reset here going into this dead period opening up uh, and, and ending finally. Nebraska's got just a, a couple commits right now. Uh, are, are we looking at a spot where you expect there's, there's a few guys who are going to be coming through in June who are probably going to commit, but we're just hoping to make that official and be able to do it in person or just be able to see the facilities in person? Are we are we thinking there are going to be a few of those dominoes falling here in June, or is it going to be a little bit more open than that where guys really do want to take a lot of visits to a lot of different places since they will finally have the chance to do so? What What's your read on the situation with uh, Nebraska and, and, and commits that may be on the horizon? Yeah, so you're right. Nebraska's got two commits right now. One of one of which is Ernest Hausman, uh, you know, the, the the linebacker from Columbus, and then Victor Jones, the wide receiver out of uh, the Orlando, Florida area. Uh, you know, 
And I do think that, that we're going to, you know, we're obviously going to see things start to pick up here in terms of commitments. And, um, for, and I think a lot of those potential commits will, in fact, come from the recruits that are going to be visiting in June. Um, you know, I, I feel like Nebraska has, has been pretty strategic with how they are, they're planning these official visits and, and kind of getting, you know, getting guys on campus. For the most part, uh, you know, it's my feeling kind of, you know, between talking with these guys and just kind of reading the tea leaves that a lot of the, these early visitors are guys that are already highly interested in Nebraska. Um, they just want to wait. And they want to see it for themselves. Uh, they want to see if Lincoln is everything that they've heard about, everything that they've seen on the virtual tours and, and the videos that they've watched. You know, they want to see the facilities in person. They want to be able to sit down with Coach Frost and the coaching staff in person. You know, I think that, you know, that's, that's an important part of it. You can, you can get a, you can develop a great relationship talking over the phone or, or talking over Zoom with, with the coach. But, you know, sometimes it's that, it's that gut feeling that, that uh, a lot of recruits kind of rely on to make a decision. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's sitting down across, you know, across the, the table from, uh, from your potential head coach when that, when that gut feeling kind of hits you and, and being on campus and, and just, you know, feeling the overall atmosphere. I think a lot of these guys, they, they know they like it so far, but they just want to kind of have that, uh, you know, reaffirm their thoughts by, by actually visiting. And I think once that happens, we are going to see a lot of dominoes start to fall in this 2022 recruiting class. And, um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see a couple more dominoes fall in the 2023 recruiting class. You got Ben Bramer out of uh, Pierce made an early decision uh, about a month ago or so to to go ahead and, and commit and be the first commit in that 2023 class. And um, I tell you right now, things are already starting to line up pretty pretty well for that class. So um, the staff has been very busy, and and I think that they've done a good job kind of setting up the pins here. And, and now that that, that dead period is over with. They're, they're hoping that they can, uh, they can knock them down once they get on campus. 2022 and 2023 feel like a decade from now. Nate, I'm a millennial, and the national news tells me that I want instant gratification and I have no patience. <laughs> We've seen this team now a week ago with the open practice, and we, there was another open practice earlier. We'll get the spring game next week. Are there any guys that you think this, this staff would still be targeting for 2021 with the transfer portal and coming here for this fall? Yeah, that's a big question right now is, okay, what, what's Nebraska going to do with, uh, with those last two remaining scholarships for the 2021 class? And, uh, you know, right now I think, I think all signs kind of point to look towards the transfer portal as being where they will use those two spots. Now in terms of which, you know, which position – uh, or which you know which two positions they may uh, choose to use them for, you know that kind of remains to be seen right now. Obviously, you know there's, there was been a lot of talk about uh, using one at the quarterback position, especially after Luke McCaffrey decided to transfer. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. I think that um, you know <clears throat> at least I, I feel that Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg are two are two players that, that have, you know, kind of shown some development and that they're given the staff a little bit more confidence than is in terms of what they have after Adrian Martinez. Um, but you also, you know, you also have to weigh those two that you have on campus compared to what is out there in the transfer portal. 
Um, you know, is there a player out in the transfer portal that that is not only going to be you know make you feel a little bit more comfortable having uh, as a backup on your on your roster, but is going to be comfortable themselves knowing the situation, knowing that they're coming here to essentially be a backup for a year or for two years potentially. So um, you know that's that's not always uh, an easy an easy thing to sell a kid is uh, you know is like hey we need some depth but that's all you really probably are is, is some depth on our roster. You're not, you know, I, I think it would be disingenuous to, to convince a kid that, Hey, you've got every shot under the sun to, to come in here and knock Adrian Martinez off the, you know, off the starting pedestal. Uh, Cause that's, that's a pretty difficult task to do. I think at this point in the game, uh, not having been here for, for spring ball or anything like that. So I'm not convinced they'll take a quarterback there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they try to find another running back. You know, that's still a position group that has a lot of questions. Uh, you know, maybe you can find an outside linebacker that can give you a pass rush presence, uh, you know, out there. You know, I think that those are maybe two positions that, uh, that we could see them target here, but they do have those two spots. And, and I think, uh, you know, here in the next, in the coming weeks too, we're going to see some new names enter the portal as, as teams across the country finish up their spring practices. Nate, were you able to get to the uh, open practice last Saturday? I was not there. Unfortunately, okay. I was uh, I was actually traveling out of town. But uh, uh, you know, it sounded like it went went fairly well, and, and it was uh, kind of a, a a boost of energy for fans to be able to kind of see some live football, and and also a boost of energy for the players to actually be in front of some fans too. Uh, uh, from all accounts, you know the. Just the overall atmosphere and the, the energy level uh, was was fairly high, given what it was, uh, which is you know at the end of the day still pretty vanilla practice. Yeah, look, yeah, we we were both there, and and you know as vanilla as it was, I think we were both fired up. It was it was definitely some of the uh, whoop. There it is, uh, live football, there and there's fans there. Oh. It was it was hype. We were ready, <laughs> we were ready to rock. Um, well, uh, we're we're excited to be able to. Get back to uh, a spring game here next Saturday. Uh, we'll uh, probably see you up there in the press box or around uh, around the facility there. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and, and dropping a lot of knowledge on the recruiting side with us here on the show. It's going to be a busy few months. We're appreciative. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, looking forward to, to tracking down all this new recruiting information that's going to be coming out. Yep, get get some rest. You're gonna need it, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate Klaus, Husker Online, uh, joining us here, um, running some things down. And and look, I'm I'm always for some more pass rushers. He was saying, you know, they may target maybe an outside linebacker type in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, the other mentioned the other position he mentioned, running back. What's the limit on scholarship running backs that you can have on a team? Because they've got like seven. I the, think the limit does not exist. I know. I'm just. <laughs> It's it's a it's a rhetorical question, but man, like they had four scholarship linebackers out, yeah, for that practice last Saturday, like, yeah, they hopefully you can keep guys healthy enough to get on the field in the fall, but you got to see what they can do first, right? Like it's if your running backs coach becomes your recruiting coordinator as well, and suddenly you have twelve to fifteen scholarship running backs. Yeah. You're gonna look like Oklahoma before there was scholarship limits. I mean, where they were just horde dudes. You can run the wishbone, I guess, and just put three guys in the backfield every play. All right, so we've got our five tight set. We've got our five running back set. They're gonna have the most versatile <laughs> offense in the country. If they're which if one they're do you letting... want? Do you want big dudes or do you want a little quick dudes? 
Well, we got big dudes now. We've talked about that. They're they're <laughs> definitely trending in that direction for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's dig into some baseball when we come back. Your first place. Big Ten first place Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, they shut Michigan State out yesterday. Uh, we'll tell you what they've been doing lately uh, and where they're projected in the NCAA tournament projections lately as well. Uh, all that coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Big thanks to Nate Klaus from Husker Online. Just joined us to talk all things recruiting. Uh, of course, if you missed that, head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can see the interview back uh, along with this whole show on the KLIN Facebook page or the KLIN Husker Hour Facebook page at KLIN Huskers. We've got the live stream going right now, and right now we're going to talk baseball because, uh, Caleb, they just keep winning. They they finished off the sweep last weekend of Penn State. Uh, they got off onto a good foot yesterday with mm-hmm. a 4 nothing win over Michigan State out in East Lansing. And uh, Michigan keeps pace. Uh, they, they beat Rutgers. They're just a half game back uh, in that standings, and that, that end-of-season series uh, still looms out there and, and is uh, definitely large uh, and, and continues to be. Uh, but Nebraska's doing their part, and, and they are still rolling. Uh, you have uh, yesterday Cade Povich. Uh, it was Cade po- yeah, Povich and Jake Buns mm-hmm. uh, combined on a, on a shutout um, in that series opener. Uh, and, and look, the, the way that Bolt has, has started this thing off, mixing in the young guys, uh, he, he's pushed all the right buttons. Like, managers are... You know, sometimes it's a crapshoot as to what you do and where you put people. And when it when it doesn't work, you are vilified and and maybe a little bit you know too much of the blame goes your way. But right. man, when things go right, you're getting a lot of the credit, and that's where Will Bolt's at right now because every every move he's making is working right now. Yeah, and and you start to look at things. Obviously, they're taking on Michigan State right now, which is towards the bottom, uh, bottom third of the league. But they were I, they were more highly thought of early on. Yes, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's you're playing conference only, so it's going to yeah. be an uneven schedule yep. through certain parts of it. And to Nebraska's credit, they've won the games that have been in front of them, nineteen and six right now. After this series, they will have played the bottom half of the league. And then obviously, we know you've got Indiana still to come up. You've got Michigan that last series. You're going to have a more difficult back end of the schedule. But when when we talked about like with Nebraska football, would you rather start out with the harder game like Nebraska football starting out with Ohio State, or do you want some of those non-conference games where you may be able to build a little bit of momentum? Nebraska has obviously mixed in some of those, but it's mostly been the build momentum type of games. And like I said, to Nebraska's credit, they have not been losing series. Nebraska hasn't lost a series all season. They've either split right. some of those early on where it was the two and two kind of neutral site games, yep. or they have won the series. They had a four a four game series sweep. Mm-hmm. They have gone uh, two one a few weeks in a row, and then got a sweep last week. Nebraska is in a place right now. If you go sweep this week, and then you start to look at where things are, you get to the week of May tenth, and you're still in first place in the Big Ten. You're making a really good run at getting a regional. Now there are obviously there are a couple other of northern schools, Notre Dame being one of them, that look like they would be in position to host 
regardless of the way regionals are being done this year. In a normal year, they'd be in kind of that top 16 pace. Right. But if you're Nebraska and the NCAA knows that you can host a great a great tournament. Yeah, they know the facilities here. They're they're legit. And when you're talking about some capacity limits, which the NCAA for all spring sports, they're it's fifty percent is what they're gonna look at. So even if Nebraska like here in Lancaster County now, you can go up to seventy five percent. So no matter what it's expanded to, fifty percent is going to be your limit at Haymarket Park and then at T D Ameritrade where that's gonna put you around twelve thousand for the College World Series. Nebraska is in a great spot to get that regional because of how well they've played. They've built that momentum, and now you're going to get into that tougher stretch, which I think I think the schedule works out beautifully for Nebraska, especially if they just stay right there in that 1-2 position with Michigan, and you get to that last series. I know we've, we've circled that one at the beginning of the year, and then as things kind of have shaken out with Nebraska-Michigan at the top, it just keeps looking better and better and better, that last series, where if these teams are within a game or two games of each other, and you can go, this is it. There's no conference tournament. Apparently they're playing a conference tournament for everything except the uh, the diamond sports this spring. You've, you've got tournaments for, for lacrosse and tennis and everything else happening under the sun in the Big Ten, but not your baseball and softball. Still makes no sense. But you do get that last weekend, which has the potential to just be beautiful because you pretty much put it into a three-game series for the conference. Yeah, and... To have it in Lincoln, and and to yeah, maybe that's a have, big deal. And to maybe have those attendance uh, restrictions kind of opened up a little bit more, even than than what they are now, because it is still quite a ways away. That is pretty attractive as well. Uh, that's over Memorial Day weekend to to end the regular season right before Selection Monday. Oh, man. So look the the way I some of the on field stuff. So. Pitching wise, the the three starters have been your horses all year, and and they will continue to be. Cade mm-hmm. um, Povich, Chance Roche, and Shea Shanneman, Uh Those three have delivered this season. Uh, only one loss um, to any of them, and and Cade Povich has the three and one re- well four and one record now um, coming into the weekend. All three of them are over thirty five innings pitched, uh, and and all three of them. Are are doing their part on the mound to to keep things going. You've got Chance Roche, the lowest with twenty eight strikeouts. The other two are both over forty. Uh, and at the at, in the bullpen, Jake Buns has just a one point three seven ERA coming into the weekend, which went down after yesterday's scoreless performance. Spencer Schwellenbach has not allowed a run in eight appearances, mm-hmm. just running straight gas out there from his shortstop position to the mound. Uh, does not slow down at all. Ten innings pitched. Uh, you've, you've got Cam Wynn, nine appearances, Max Schreiber, seven, Braxton Bragg, eight. Like the, the, I, I feel like coming into the year, we were pretty, we were pretty confident about the lineup. We were pretty confident about the defense, pretty confident about the starting pitching. I think the bullpen was maybe where I was most hesitant as to where this, with this team would be. And, and so far so good. Uh, you've, you've gotten out of the bullpen, what you have wanted out of that bullpen, which is they haven't they haven't blown games for you. You've you've got that end of game guy and Spencer Schwellenbach to close things down if it if it's really tight late. And they are they're doing everything right. They are defending well. They are getting timely hits. That first weekend the the where you were kinda I I was kinda worried like, geez, they left a whole bunch of guys on base in this game against Purdue. I hope they don't do that all year. They really haven't done that at all since then. Hardly. So 
all of these things trending in the right direction. You're getting young guys playing time. You're getting experience where you can for the young the young arms because you don't have those midweek games. Um, and you're still mixing it up in the lineup and getting those guys' chances at the plate. So, again, Will Bolt pushing all the right buttons. So there was that stretch, remember, where we talked about how Nebraska had lost a couple in a row. You were up in Minneapolis, then you went to Iowa. There was three straight losses. Yeah. Nebraska's record since then, 14-2. and two. Yep. If you talk to anyone in Major League Baseball or baseball at any level, if you have a stretch of 14-2, and two, you're doing a lot of things right, regardless of who your opponent is. You you can think about Major League Baseball where sometimes you know a team is tanking and they've traded away a bunch of guys at the deadline and they've re- they're really phoning it in. And you've got a three-game series with them. You still got to go win that series. It's not always easy because even here at the Division 1 level and you're playing everything in conference, this is high-level baseball. Mm. No, it's it's not the SEC. No, it's not a lot of those guys on the West Coast. But Big 10 baseball, when you're playing within your conference and you're seeing guys <laughs> week after week and it's all the same guys and you're seeing the same guys through throughout a weekend and you know that you're going to see them again in a couple weeks in one of those weird neutral site things 14 and 2 and Nebraska's doing it all kinds of ways it's the win a shootout 10 to 8 or 13 to 8 or you just go blow guys out 10 to 2 14 to 3 11 to 2 but then there's also the the games are a little bit closer 5 to 3 your defense shows up like yesterday 4-0 you get a shutout Nebraska has found a way to win in just about every way possible. And then you you sprinkle in a couple of losses where they didn't lose any of the series. They won they won last Saturday. Hopefully they win today as well. But they had a couple Saturdays in a row where that was their only loss. That's their only losses in, in, in over a month now, 14-2. and two. Yep. You've got a stretch now going after this weekend where you've got three at Rutgers. Well, you'll actually play Rutgers after this weekend five times. Yeah, you have them twice with Indiana. Yeah, and then you've got Indiana twice there. Now, Then you're into the week of May 10th. Let's say Nebraska splits these last two. Now you're looking at a record of 20-7 and seven after this week with seven games to go. Can you go 5-2 and two over that stretch? I think that puts you in a great spot to still be either on top of or in second place in the conference. Mm-hmm. Rutgers right now is in that kind of middle third of the conference. Yeah, they're twelve and thirteen. And then you've got Indiana, who is in third place. In third place right now. If you can at least split with Indiana, and out of those five games with Rutgers, take four of them, you're right there in a tremendous spot before your final couple of weekends. Yeah, and and in that second to last weekend, you have two with Ohio State again, mm-hmm. which you did the second weekend of the season, and Ohio State right now is sitting in fifth place, right behind Iowa in fourth. Um you don't play Iowa again. You you had those uh the those two with the, the Ohio State weekend and then the three against them in the weekend series. Uh and you'll play Indiana four times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two two on a weekend with Rutgers and then two on that weekend with Ohio State. Um, and Indiana is right there in that upper part. They're in third place. So the the games against Indiana and Ohio State, those are really the 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 tune up games, if you will, in terms of the level of competition, uh, the level of success that's been had so far, compared to what you're going to have for Michigan. And you play that weekend right before the Michigan series. You're going to get two against Indiana and two against Ohio State. So it it look it's it's setting up. 
to be uh, the Scott Frost is envious of Will Bolt's schedule. I'm just going to say that because <laughs> yes. Scott Frost and Bill Moose were not happy about the 2020 football <laughs> schedule. It was kind of like you're you're starting high on the level of competition and then you're going down, and it doesn't give you a lot of chance to get that confidence up. Nebraska baseball, they have the exact opposite curve, and they are just going up, up, up. Um, and it's look, they are they going to continue winning at a 14 and two pace? No, probably not. But the fact that you can do, at any point in the baseball season, like you said, any level of baseball, a run of 14-2, and two, that's impressive, number one. And number two, it is extremely great mm-hmm. to build that team's confidence. I think that, that's, a, that's a big one there, in, the, in that word, confidence. Mm-hmm. No matter who your opponent is, if you're showing up and you're winning games, or even if the games that you're losing, let's look at the two games that Nebraska lost. 10-7 to seven to Maryland. And then, where was that? Ten to eight to Illinois. It was shootouts that they just didn't quite get there at the end of the game. They weren't blown out. Nebraska wasn't blown out over those stretch with those two losses. That confidence that you have, you get through this weekend, you get through Rutgers, and then you start to see Indiana a bunch of times and Ohio State and Northwestern's in the middle of the pack, and then Michigan to close out the the season. If you've got confidence going in against these teams that are clearly better than the competition you've been facing. You feel better about it because you haven't been going through a yeah. giant drought when you get to that series. And I think that's something that's worked out well for this team. And obviously, Coach Will Bolt, as we said, they've won so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know when you get into that situation, okay, well, Schwellenbach, we know you can hit it out, but gosh darn it, that third baseman's back. Mm-hmm. Bun it and get on and move a guy. And yeah. there, there are so many different ways that this team knows how to score runs. I think it's so it's frustrating for defenses. Yeah, they're putting a lot of pressure on defenses. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And that's why they've won a lot of these games. They're going to make them make the throw, make the tag, make the tough play. And, you know, sometimes that's too much to ask for a uh, for a college baseball team. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this shakes out. Huskers back in action again today. Uh, it's a 2 o'clock first pitch, so one thirty pregame right here on KLIN. All right, one more break for us, wrapping things up. Uh, put a bow on the, volley- the volleyball season, the spring season anyway. Uh, and then uh, Nebraska basketball, another big-time transfer since our last show. We'll tell you about that as well when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1400 KLIN. Wrapping things up here on a Saturday morning and uh, wrapping up a career that I think a lot of Husker fans will remember with fondness. Yes. The God of Thunder, Thorir Thorbjarnarsson, is moving on to uh, uh, hopefully get a a shot at a professional career uh, back over in Europe. His Nebraska ball playing days are over. So there are... (laughs) <laughs> there are very few guys when you talk Power Five basketball, Power Six if you include the Big East and wherever that discussion is, right? Um, at Power Conference basketball, that stay for four years unless they are a local guy, mm-hmm. like they're a local kind of project guy. There are, with the 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 use of the transfer portal, very few guys that that are going to stick around as long as Thor has. With coaching changes, that number gets even less. Remember, Thor was the the lone holdover from Tim Miles to Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. Played a full four years, 
Remember that that Iowa block. Yes, that regular season finale. That's perhaps his best known, uh, best known single play. But it's so much more than that. He, I remember he said this last season. He thinks he had over forty teammates. He did. Yeah. In his career, he had over forty teammates. So he had, he was constantly learning guys. He had to learn an entirely new system. But this is a guy because of his high basketball IQ and his work ethic and willingness to just do whatever it took for the team. He had a number of starts in there. But he got minutes because he was always in the right place. That's why the backdoor Thor thing, we see Connor Happer do that a lot on Twitter. Um, That's such a big thing because it's so right. You've got the lefty out there who could make make a bunch of threes, and yeah, he had his shooting. uh, The shooting wasn't quite there for a lot of this past season, uh, but it wasn't for a lot of guys. Yeah, Um, And things were just different this last year. And the numbers don't jump off. the. the they're not eye-popping numbers with the scoring or the assists or rebounds or anything like that. But it was his ability to always be in the right place at the right time on offense, make that backdoor cut at the right time, make a tremendous pass that you're just like, oh, hey, how did that ball get through there? Yeah, Hit a couple of really big shots out of nowhere. It's like, hey, Thor's heating up, back-to-back threes. What do we got happening now? Anytime you can hear Kent Pavelka yell, the God of Thunder! You know things are going well, and it, it's so good to see. Um, and on top of all, and then defensively played really well. And on top of all of that, what he did um, on the basketball floor, he was such a, like the epitome of a glue guy. Mm-hmm. If you had him out there, you knew that group was going to do well. Outside of all of that, to be able to go and interview him both in person and, and over Zoom over the last couple of years, Obviously, I was here for the Hoiberg era. I missed the Tim Miles era. But, I mean, everything I've heard, it's kind of the same thing. Just a tremendous young man. He's graduating from UNL. He's going to go pursue his dreams of playing a professional career. There's going to be opportunities for him. But most importantly, just a tremendous young man who always gave us the time of day. Um, Was never short with any of his answers. If he had an answer for something, he was going to talk about it. He was going to smile. Um, And for a guy to come... Not just from out of state, not just from out of the country, think like the number of guys from Canada. He had to come across the pond from Iceland. Yeah. Nothing but respect for Thor, and I think we all knew he was kind of leaning this direction of pursuing that pro career. But man, that that's a guy that you're going to miss just because, not even what he did on the basketball floor, but because of how great of a person he was to interact with off the floor. Not a lot of guys can play in in so many different roles and do it as seamlessly as he appeared to. You know, he was a bench guy. There was a little bit of time at various points in his career where he was a starter, and it it worked. Like he he made it work each each mm-hmm. time he had a different role. And um, yeah, the big big thanks to Thor from from all of Husker Nation. Um, and uh, turning the page to what Nebraska will look like next season. You have now a top 15 class that does not even include the transfers like C.J. Wilcher from Xavier uh, and the one that we just found out here just this last week, uh, Keon Edwards from DePaul. Uh, He was a 2021 recruit but reclassified late in 2020 to be able to play at DePaul uh, and only played there for half a year, and he's transferring into Nebraska, so he'll have four full years of eligibility. Uh, He chose Nebraska over... Schools including Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida State, Arizona State, Alabama, and Auburn. 
Uh, think about that for what from Texas for how um, how highly people were thinking of Florida State in the tournament this last year. Well, Alabama they were a two seed, too. right? And Auburn made the final four in 2019. So those are those are legit schools. Nebraska beat him out for. Uh, he is six seven one eighty five. Uh, Hoiberg likes his combination of length, basketball IQ, and shooting ability. Um, I, I just think a, a little bit more size. Uh, it sounds like he might need to work on his three point shooting a little bit more, but uh, more size, more length. Uh, that's going to help in the Big mm-hmm. Ten for sure. So um, very exciting about the way that that roster is, is shaping up. Uh, and, you know, probably not done seeing moves. You never know. We're and, still waiting on Shamil Stevenson officially. Yep, Shamil Stevenson may, may or may not continue on here at Nebraska. That's uh, that's one to watch uh, after Thor's news too. Um, so now we're watching from the basketball side of things there, yep. but now we're watching what's happening with the four volleyball seniors. Yes. Um, that, that season wrapped up on Monday, a four-set loss to Texas. Got to do a whole bunch of horns down. Yep. That's what you guys get, and you deserve yep. it, you social media managers. Um, anyway, four-set loss. Texas was the more physical team. They, they were the better team on Monday, a big part of that being Lauren Stiverns not 100%. But now we're watching to see what happens with Stiverns and, uh, and Sun and... Wow, I'm going to go through and just blank on all of our uh, our other senior Mahoney mm-hmm. or Maloney and Jazz Sweet. Jazz Sweet. I was like, yeah. man, I knew all of these. They, like the, the rotation doesn't change a whole bunch. Now we're watching to see what's going to happen with each of them. Maybe Sun comes back because there's a little chip on the shoulder from her own old team. Mm. Stiverens can learn the full rotation instead of just playing the front row. It, You've got a bunch of opportunities once you get to January, so it's not going to push that out of the way. Let's hope they're bigger fans of Nebraska defense than Nebraska offense, because all the defense guys stayed. Yes. Right? That's. But it, whether or not they stay, this group, as John Baylor told us this week, and he said on Sports Nightly, part of one of the golden eras for Nebraska volleyball. Yes. And just one of the best runs, and then obviously a very weird year this last year. So whether they come back or not, congratulations, um, and thank you from all of Husker Nation. 100%. Tough exit in the Elite Eight, but they will be back, as they always are, under John Cook. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us. Go get your shot. Go Big Red.